This episode of the Cinescare podcast is brought to you by the Ugly Mug Coffee House in Burbank, California, the happiest coffee shop on earth. Uh, Joe, do you know what I hate about those big corporate coffee shops? They spit in your coffee? Well, that too. Yes, I, I do hate that. Yeah. But it's the personality, Joe. They don't have a personality. Of course not. They're faceless they, goons. They, they're, tar- they're horrible corporate hacks. They don't know what they're doing. They can't make you a good cup of coffee. They can't certainly can't make you a Cinescare cup, cup of coffee. Hell no. no. No, they can't. They cannot. They don't even know who Cinescare is. Well, Joe, the Ugly Mug Coffee House in Burbank, California has personality in spades. The ladies who work there, they see me. They know what I'm going to order. They say, are you going to have the dark roast? And I say, yes. Are you going to have a large? I'm like, is it Saturday or a day of the week? And yes, of course, I'm going to have the large. Or would you like pumpkin spice? Do you have to ask me that? Duh. Duh. (laughs) Well, next time you guys are in Burbank, you have got to come by. Or next time you're in California, you got to come to Burbank. We've got Halloween Town. We've got Dark Delicacies. We've got Camp Horror. All these horror-related stores are here but the first stop you have to make is to the ugly mug coffee house and this week and through halloween they will be offering a cinescare podcast drink all you can order any drink you want on their menu and tell them to make it cinescare style and they will dress it up in a bloody bath of bonafide I don't I can't think of another B, but sounds yummy. <laughs> it's going to be very <laughs> yummy. So that is the Ugly Mug Coffee House, our new sponsor. Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And of course, joining us as always is the super pan, not super pan, the super fan, Mr. Mark Biscati. Hi, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> great. My ears great, are... to, great to have you, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. Hey, uh, my my mouth is uh, not on yell, fire. Mark. Oh, you I'm don't sorry. have to yell. I, my mouth is not on fire. I successfully uh, did a one chip challenge, and uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, that was that was quite a one chip challenge too. So, if any of you guys are following us or not following us on on our Facebook page, Mr. Mark, super fan here, did the one chip challenge, which. I don't know if anybody explain what it is, Mark. What is the one chip challenge? Searing pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Pocky has this uh, one chip challenge where they have a ghost pepper slash Carolina Reaper dusted uh, chip, and it's enclosed in a uh, this little package. It comes in a coffin, and uh, I was watching the Bears game, and I they were playing the Raiders, and I said, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my uh, mouth. So if the Bears win, I'll eat the chip. I ate the chip. I uh, decided to promote uh, the Cinescare podcast. 
while I was doing it, and uh, the pain ensued. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I think uh, a lot of people uh, who do those uh, one chip challenge uh, videos uh, maybe over exaggerate just to get some views or something. I milk actually it. they milk it. Yes. Um, I I think uh, I I think I did okay. Um, I I there was drooling. I did uh, space out a couple times. But Matt, I think I think uh, I think you're gonna do fine because I sent the chip to Matt. Oh, did you? Okay, good. I, I will yeah. do it as well. Uh, I was a little relieved because it's even though it did seem like it was hot to you and everything, it it didn't seem like it was like destroying you or anything it, like that. Although it I wasn't mean, there was me. there was drooling certainly, <laughs> but um, but it didn't seem like you know. I, I felt like okay, I can I can at least do as well as Mark did. I think. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I know I I eat a lot of spicy stuff, but we'll see. I'll put it on our on our Cinescare. TikTok, yeah, and, there you go. and then and then I'll share it to our Facebook. So uh, this week, unfortunately, we were supposed to have Mr. James Oster, Jimmy O, uh, the the uh, amazing film critic and horror aficionado. He was going to be joining us for our Halloween franchise, both episodes actually, but he was having internet issues, and we tried and tried, and it just didn't work out. So we will have him next time. He said that uh, apparently. His area is having uh, some kind of internet outage, so that he texted me and, and just now and told me that he found that out. So, hopefully, next time we'll be fine and we will get his amazing perspective on the franchise. But before we get to that, what what are things that you guys have? I know I watched some things that were not ha- Halloween themed related for Shocktober, as as we've mentioned before. Shocktober is when we watch one horror movie a day. And so I did watch some non-Halloween things. So, uh, Joe, what did you watch? I actually, I'm going to change what I had originally said, and I'm just to clarify some things, get some uh, clear water underneath this bridge. I did watch an American Werewolf in London. Uh, so now Mark can stop interrogating me. That's right. And uh, I... <laughs> it okay. it was good. I liked the transformation scene, like everybody else does. I was not a fan of the ending, and I'm still holding true with. I'm not a huge fan of werewolf movies, but it was it was okay. Um, I also did see Terrified, which uh, the last time we recorded, I had not. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, I've I, been waiting for this. I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't love it either, though. It was just kind of fine. I thought it was a little confusing. Um, but I, you know, I, I still liked it quite a bit. Uh, but one thing that I, I'm bringing this up just because I would like both of you guys to watch this. Cause I thought this was kind of funny, I guess. Um, it was a movie called the columnist that's on shutter. I don't know if you guys have watched this or yet or not, but I have uh, now it's a, a woman that's a columnist, believe it or not. And uh, she writes for, I think, like an internet newspaper or internet blog or something like that. She has lots of followers, and every time she writes something, she gets criticized very badly. And one day, she just cannot take it, and she goes to hunt down all of these people that have been besmirching her online. And uh, it was actually kind of an interesting take, and I... I kind of dug the ending too, but um, I think you guys should watch that. It was called The Columnist on Shutter. Oh, I'll, I'll have to look for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Mark, what did you watch? Um, if with Joe's recommendation, I watched this movie right before uh, we're, we just start uh, recording uh, called Halloween a Pussy Trap Kill Kill. Oh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know how far you want to go into this, Mark. We might want to wait until Matt has seen it. <laughs> Do you want I, to wait? Okay. I, I will watch it this week or the, before the next episode. Anyway, Because it's something that I think only Matt can truly appreciate the acting stylings of <laughs> Richard Grieco. He knocks it out of the park. He's going for the Oscar with this one. He's going to win an Oscar. I'm telling yeah. you, Joe. You really need to watch this movie. It's not just a name. It's a film. Mm. Uh. Okay. Yeah. I'll hold off on that. All then, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Actually, yeah, well played on that. Yeah, we have to wait for Matt. Um, I did watch Squid Game, uh, the Netflix uh, Korean uh, series. It's about nine episodes. Um, I watched uh, uh, about like four episodes. Uh, started at 10 to like three o'clock in the morning i had to go to bed uh finished it the next day it's a fantastic film it's uh basically about uh people who are down on their luck uh they don't have money and uh someone just comes up to them and offers to play a game and uh gives them money and says hey if you want to play some more games for more money uh once you uh just call this number they give you a card um the lead character does uh, call the number, gets in the car, uh, goes off, and uh, meets about 454 other people. And chaos ensues. And there's uh, six games in this, and it's a fantastic film. Uh, it's the most watched uh, series on Netflix, I believe. And um, I know Joe saw it. And uh, Joe, what did you think of this? I liked it. It's the Korean Hunger Games. It's it, it is it's 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 the Hunger Games and um, I I'm really curious Joe uh, since you've watched it without spoiling anything out of one through six how far do you think you would have gone? Oh, I would have finished. You would have finished. Yeah, I would have no, died. I would have died after the second game. No, I, I'd be walking around with all that money. I'm no slouch. I, I know you're not a slouch, <laughs> but you're saying you're saying you could have gone all the way. Hundred percent. Oh my gosh, they so. were too easy. The confidence in you, I love you. Uh, I would have been dead the second game easily. Oh, I think you would have died in the first one. No, <laughs> I, I would. I think I would have done good. Yeah, in the first one. What about you, man? What what what, what have you seen? Well, I watched uh, several things actually. I I was able to go to the West Coast premiere of a French film called Titan which was directed by the same woman who directed the movie Raw. Her name is Julia Ducournau, I believe. is. It obviously has a French pronunciation that I'm not going to be able to do. But at any rate, she is, is an amazing talent. And this is a crazy, crazy film. It, it, this is the plot of the movie. And, and I'm not giving away spoilers. That What I'm about to say might sound like a massive spoiler, but it's really not because it happens in the first like 15 minutes and it really is, is hardly the craziest thing that happens. But this woman, she's a dancer 
and just call them, not really a stripper. I don't think they strip, but they dance in skippy outfits at car shows. They go and dance on these big muscle cars and these souped up customized cars. And she, but it turns out she's also a serial killer. And so she meets up and hooks up with these women and men and, and, and then winds up killing them. And at some point, she or early on, she has sex with a car. She goes into one of the cars that she was dancing on and has sex with the car and winds up getting pregnant from can the you, car. Can you go into detail how she actually had sex with the car? I No, no. <laughs> not really. I mean, they, they show her tied up inside the front seat and kind of, you know, with her arms out on towards the sides. And the imp- idea, I guess, is that she's straddling the console and maybe there's a stick shift there. I don't know. They don't show it, but that's the idea. It doesn't really matter. She went, you know, the absurdity of it does, you know, it, it's not like you're going to explain something that absurd. What? Uh, <laughs> like I'll only understand, like I'll only accept this whole concept if not, not like I, I can't be okay with her being impregnated by a car. Not until at least I find out how. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But how did that happen? Yeah. Explain how, how did, how did yeah. it happen? It, it, it doesn't really matter. All, all that matters is in the world of this movie, it's, it's part and parcel with what happens. It's a crazy movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's colorful. It's fresh. It is, it, it is the, you know, the work of somebody who is really uh, a force to be reckoned with, I think, as a director. I felt like the main uh, actress, not her, her performance was fine, but I felt like the character was a little two-dimensional for my taste. And I thought some of it was a little self-indulgent, but it was all in 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 keeping with the th- tone and theme of the movie. So it, it, it didn't, you know, I mean, the, when you see it with an audience, everyone's laughing, everyone's having a good time, but it was, you know, unlike anything else. I think well, you'll a, see. It's an origin story. I mean, that's how that's <laughs> that's where the Transformers came from. It, it, sure. it could Autobots possibly. and the Decepticons. Yep, right there. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. It wouldn't surprise me. And uh, uh, but it was the winner of the Palme d'Or at the at the Cannes Film Festival, and it you know it definitely is one of those you'll never forget when you see it. And there you know there's not a boring moment in this movie. It's it is quite a film. Uh, the other, let's see, I watched no one gets out alive, which was an okay kind of haunting ish sort of film. I watched midnight mass, which was, is the new Mike Flanagan Netflix series. I, there are some people, I, I've compared this to a church revival. Some people get caught up in the moment, get up and caught up in the spirit of it. And they are um, amazed, you know, they get really into it. Other people are like, what's, you know, what's the big deal? I was a little bit more in the latter category. I did appreciate it. I thought there were some really cool parts of it, some neat aspects, but I thought it overall was just way too talky for my taste. I like films that are, uh, I feel like film and this kind of television streaming television is a, is a visual medium. And I I really want to see the stuff more than hear people talking. It felt a little bit like a play in that way. It was a bit too talky for my taste, but, but don't take my word for it. I know a lot of people whose opinions I really respect 
love this show. So please give it a shot. And you might be one of those that loved it. It just didn't do it for me. And then I did also watch Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is the first movie by Panos Cosmatos, who was the director of a movie I absolutely love, one of my favorite movies of the last decade, Mandy. Uh, and this one is really Lynchian, very bizarre, very visual. There's hardly any dialogue in the whole thing. It's it's, But it's fantastic. And unlike anything you'll watch, it's not for everyone, certainly. It's very slow burn, very art house horror. But it's it's pretty amazing. And I, I love the, the, the visual uh, language that Cosmo, Cosmatos has as a director. And it's it's very Lynchian, very Kubrickian, maybe. It, it, it's, it's not something that you'll ever forget. It's not for everyone. Some people are going to want to just turn it off as uh, halfway through because it is very strange and and abstract in the way that it tells the story. But I, I love that kind of film. So it was perfect for me. And then finally... I come to a movie that both Mark, both Joy and I watched called Coming Home in the Dark. And I'll let Joe talk about this one more. Uh, Coming Home in the Dark is a gut punch of a film. It's you're on the edge of your seat. There's a family that they basically go on a little holiday and they have a couple of unexpected guests that sort of pop up and ruin their plans, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um I can't tell you anything else other than that because I'll give away absolutely everything. This movie had me on the edge of my seat. It's a nail biter. It's very, very tense. And 15 minutes into the movie, you're going to get punched in the gut and you're going to see something that you're just going to shake your head and say, did I just watch that? And you're probably going to rewind it. Cause I know I did, but this, this film was, was great. I wasn't, I was a little perplexed at the ending. That's about all I'm going to say about it. There was something I, I had to watch the ending, I think three times, um, before I could finally accept what I thought I saw, but, um, all around very, very good film. Definitely held my interest for an hour and a half. Yeah. We, we talked a little bit about that ending and I didn't have a problem with it. Um, but I see what you mean, but I, I didn't really have a problem with it myself, but it is. A, it's, it's bleak. It is such a bleak movie. It's not one that is easy to watch, certainly. In fact, it's downright hard to watch. And that moment that you talk about, Joe, my wife actually, she was like, he, he did not just do that. You know, she exactly. like said that out yep. loud. And uh, so it's, it's, it's not an easy movie to watch, and it's not for everyone. I don't recommend it uh, to people who are faint of heart. Right. If you have trouble dealing, you know, with with violence and a very bleak, nihilistic kind of movie, you're not going to like this. It's not it's not going to be for you. There's not uh, much to latch on to that makes you feel like there's a catharsis. There is one, but it's not the one you're expecting. And that's as much as I want to say. But I, I do think I feel like by the end, how I felt about certain people in the movie in fact, how I felt about everyone kind of did a flip-flop by the end a little bit, you know, or at least, not a complete flip-flop, but I had at least an understanding of where the, the, the villains were coming from. And uh, 
but it, that didn't make it easier to watch. Certainly, it was not cathartic for you as an audience at all. But it, it at least it, it was an it was an aspect that you just don't see in movies. This is a, a New Zealand film, and the I thought that that main actor I can't remember his name now. He was fantastic though, didn't you think so, Joe? Are you, you think that talking about the dad or the villain? The villain. Yes. He was I fantastic. He, I thought he was amazing. Like th- that performance, it was hard. I almost turned on um, subtitles because it was, he, he had such a, Daniel Gillies is his name. And he's, he's a name that I'm going to watch because he's got a great look. Yeah. And he's he's fantastic. got, he's got to be in tons of other stuff. I mean, this has got to be a springboard movie for that guy. Oh yeah. No, I think people are going to be talking about him for sure. And mm-hmm. it, it rem- his performance reminded me a little bit of Sean Penn in Snatch. You remember how he had that kind of zzz, zzz, zzz way of talking in Snatch? Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Duh, duh. Brad yes. Pitt. If it, it, I, it, gypsy. It, yeah. It reminded of, me a yeah. little bit of that uh, kind of the, that kind of way of speaking. That's very, it, it was hard to understand what they were saying. You, mm-hmm. you catch you catch words, so you kind of got the feel, but... The pikeys. The pikeys, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, caravan! Gotta take yeah. a shit! Yeah. It was it was very similar to that, actually. Thank but, you, Mark. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know what the post credit Post-credit scene? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. um, Stay okay. tuned. Oh, wait. So, uh, yeah. Big, big trailer dropped today. Uh... The fifth installment for Scream. Did you guys watch it? I have not watched it yet, no. I did. Yeah. Does uh, it look good? Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I really... I, I'm I'm perplexed with the name of this film. It's <laughs> yeah. just called Scream. Yeah. Mm. Not Scream 5, just Scream. Hmm. Yeah. Which to me is confusing and dumb. Yeah. It just... It, at least, you know, make uh, the 5 look like an S and make it something. screams something yeah. but just to have it scream i don't know i'm i am excited about this movie because it is directed by uh the director who directed ready or not i'm sure you guys have seen that movie mm. um it's it's phenomenal yeah. um so i am excited about that but this trailer is i i know they're trying to keep things under wrap and they don't want to show a lot but just looking at Sydney in the same tan leather jacket, and it's just, it looks like such a hash repeat. Courtney Cox looks like a plastic doll, and I, I don't know. Uh, David Arquette kind of looks, uh, there's a great scene with David Arquette, like reloading a gun in a hospital, I believe. Um, they had uh, the phone where uh, this girl's like locking the door with her phone, and the door's unlocking, and... So there's a little. It seems like they're just trying. At least from what I could see in the trailer, it just seems like they're trying to shoehorn an old formulaic, well worked plan into today's settings. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, if Stu's not in this movie from the original, I I, I'll be disappointed because I just don't see how this is going to be anything really fantastic. I got my fingers crossed, but you know, what are you going to do? And like I said online, I think it should be called Scream 5 Still Screaming. Yeah, yeah. And it's being released in January. Scream Scream 5 Still Screaming. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Still screaming after all these years. 
And oh, also, I wanted to mention one other thing. Uh, you guys will notice by the promo at the beginning of this episode that we have our first sponsor, at least Yay. for the next couple of for the next couple of episodes. The Ugly Mug Coffee House in Burbank, California. And I just wanted to remind you that they are going to be doing a Cinescare drink, or at least uh, uh, they're going to Cinescare up a drink or whatever, make it look interesting. You can order whatever drink you want, and then they'll make it Cinescare style for you with little raspberry drizzle on top to make it look like blood splatter. And I'm not sure what color it's going to be yet or whatever, but it's, it's going to be good. So if you are in the L.A. area then you should definitely go to the Ugly Mug Coffee House in Burbank. It's a very popular place, and they do a lot of stuff. It's mom-and-pop operated. They are amazing people, Steve and Emily, and all their workers are amazing. And they, they do a lot of stuff in the community, too, so very helpful to the community. So it's, we couldn't have found a better sponsor. When I'm in the Burbank area, that is the only place I get coffee. Yeah. That that's, should be the only place. You, in fact, you should just fly here, go there, and then fly back. In fact, bring a bunch of coffee with you. Okay, I went on, take it on the I, plane. I yeah. went online and, man, dead coffee. And they got, like, these muffins and scones. I mean, oh, yeah. And, I mean, it, it, the place looks great. I'm, I'm actually jealous. I can't, I can't actually go over there because it, it's such a homey little place. It's just an awesome-looking place. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So, uh, But if you go there this weekend you be, and order... A request a Cinescare uh, to with whatever drink you order. If you get, I usually get the uh, pumpkin spice chai blended. I'll just do it Cinescare style, and they give you, and they're going to give you a little Cinescare sticker to go with it. So, oh, yeah, nice. Okay, so this week, ah, that old Halloween theme, that that music, Joe. It just—I mean, I don't know what. I can it almost is. hear it in the background. Uh, yeah, no, I can almost hear it. It's, I can hear it in my mind's eye. What? Anyway, my mind's ear. I can hear it. It's, it's playing, and I, I love it. But, uh, I can smell it in my mind's nose. But you know, I know, I know that the da, 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 that 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 one gets a lot of airplay. But I think there's the there's a theme called uh, I believe it's called a haunted house that goes in the soundtrack. It's the 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 track is called Haunted House, and it goes da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. That (laughs) is like when I play that song, I'll be, I'll just drive to work playing that song, and it and it just gets me in that Halloween theme music feeling. I'm just like ready for trick or treaters and and Michael Myers and everything else. I'm so pumped. And today in the mail came my Fangoria, which has Halloween Kills Michael Myers on the front cover. So I'm pumped. So let's talk a little bit about the Halloween franchise. How do you guys want to do Start with five or what do you want to do, Joe? Yeah, just to recap so everybody following along at home realizes what we did. We started at number five and then worked our way uh, chronologically up until the 2018 release, including the uh, Rob Zombie one right. and two. Yep. So we are saving the original one, two, three, and four for the next episode, as well as by then the Halloween Kills would have come out on Peacock and in the theater near you. Right. And we will all have seen it by then, so we can 
we can talk about Halloween kills and where we think it's going and all of that. Unfortunately, I, I wish Jimmy was here because he's already, he went, he came to, the, he was at the premiere uh, and, and saw, and he, so he had info for us. He could have given us, but unfortunately it is in Jimmy internet. told us how it ended. Yeah, he did. No, he did not. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I can't, I can't believe it was Fozzie bear all the long Joe. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so number five, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to talk about number five without talking a little bit about number four, because it is, it picks up, uh, well, is it a year later, I guess, but it's a but, year later, but Jamie Lloyd, who is, is supposedly Jamie Lee, Cur or I'm sorry, Laurie Strode's daughter, uh, is in it. She, uh, and, and so it picks up from her story. But it sort of at the end of Halloween four, and and I could be wrong about this, but at the end of Halloween four, Jamie of course kills her stepmother right in the bathroom, and that sort of sets up this idea that is she going to be the new Michael Myers or whatever, right? And and it's sort Spoiler of spoiler alert. Well, every if if people haven't seen Halloween four, please. Uh, yeah, what are you for? The, yeah, this this is going. By the way, I, I guess we could warn people there will be spoilers in this. If you have not seen any of these Halloween movies by now, tons I, of then, spoilers. Then stop it. Watch all of them and everything. So there will be spoilers. We're not. It's not like the new, you know Halloween kills. We won't give you spoilers, but everything up to that point is going to be spoilerific. Uh, but anyway, so she kills her stepmom. In at the end of Halloween Four, and it kind of sets up this idea that Jamie Lloyd is going to be the new Michael Myers, I guess, right? But of course, when they do Part Five, Mustafa Akkad probably was like, "No, I have to have Michael Myers in this one too." So they kind of change it so that I mean, they never discuss it, but because Jamie Lloyd's stepmother's never or adoptive mother or whatever is never there, but at the same time. They they never say that she didn't die, but it's never discussed again, right? Right, right. No, I no, I, I don't think uh, they discussed it in five at all. Um, I I don't I I've seen Halloween four maybe like ten years ago. So actually, when it, it was nice to have a little recap at the beginning of Halloween five because they just start blowing them away, like just shooting them throwing grenades he falls down in a like a this like little mine shaft right and 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 so i was like i kind of remember that uh i, I remember jamie and uh, i remember the blonde uh from four um but that, that's that's where it kind of gets crazy because uh he, he starts going down a stream just floating down a stream yeah catch, <laughs> catches some net and then uh, he just climbs himself up, and he's been riddled with shotgun and bullets. I'm like, how is this guy, you know, even like standing hardly? And he gets yeah. into a log cabin, and there's an old man there with a parrot. And do you guys want to? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it sort of reminds me, and I thought that Halloween two, the Rob Zombie Halloween two, had a little bit of this too. But it reminded me a little bit of the Frankenstein story. Yes, they didn't really go there, and I, I would have been cool to. Well, I don't know if it would have been cool to see a Frankenstein like <laughs> thing with Michael Myers. Fire, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But fire. This was my what the hell moment because it is. this guy keeps him in a coma for a year 
Yeah. One full year, Michael Myers' corpse is laying on a table in a log cabin for 365 goddamn days. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I'm it's, not buying it. Was he feeding him soup? Was he, I mean, like, how does Michael Myers go to the bathroom? Was he just laying there? Has he been just in a coma? And then, uh, yeah, I saw no sign of an IV anywhere, no. or nothing. <laughs> and he's still wearing the same clothes. The old man's still wearing the same clothes from 365 days later. It's just like, all right, cut. All right, let's start. He's right, got to smell later. terrible. It's got to be bad. There's, there's a, le- a real sense. And as that I was reading about this, it, it turns out to be true. There's a real feeling that they were kind of making things up as they went along with this one. Like they brought in. Shocking. <laughs> but they brought in the man in black in this movie, right? And yes. and the started the whole thorn thing. And they even said the writers didn't know who the man in black was. They weren't they had some idea that maybe he could be Michael Myers' uh twin brother or maybe he could be just like Michael Myers, but whatever it is, they didn't really, the writers didn't really know who he was going to be. They just introduced him figuring that whoever did Halloween six could figure that out. <laughs> it was a cowboy. It was a cowboy. And right. boy, did yeah. he, he had, he had some shiny hell of a, uh, silver tiptoed boots. And, oh, yeah. and I was, and I was, but he's got the tattoo. He's got the tattoo yep. on his, so, I mean, that carried on, but I don't even know if they even knew what even that tattoo was supposed to mean, because Michael Myers had it, and so, I I mean, I, I thought, like, they had an idea, but apparently they didn't. Wait, I have a spoilerish type question, not that it matters, but wasn't the man in black later on the guy that was the head of Thorn? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but, I know that's but, the next movie, but yeah, yeah. But they okay. didn't know that when yeah. they made part five, and it, it, you know, sometimes things like you'd think, oh, maybe they're planning ahead for something to do with this character. They had no idea what was going to happen. They were just hoping the next writers who came along would figure it out, you know. But you know, Mark, you mentioned the going down the river thing that made me crack. I laughed out loud at that because it was the slowest moving river ever. Why didn't he just stand up and walk out? Like he's going down, and it literally it was you could see the actor trying to push himself down the river. Right. There was no current to that river, and he was just bumping. And so I kept thinking bumping to myself, into rocks. Right, I you know you could put like if Mystery Science Theater did this, they would be going ow ow oh, ow ow yeah. yeah. And another thing with with the old man, okay, so Jason or not Jason, I'm sorry, Michael Myers tried to kill him, strangle him, and then he collapses, and he takes care of him for a year. Doesn't go to the police. Just that that also threw me off. Speaking of Jason, actually, oh God. I I because I've watched way too many horror films. When I saw that man in black for the first time, I kept yeah. thinking it was the man in black from that Friday the 13th Friday episode. 13th. That's, you know, the guy that was Quint was going to bring in the head of my, of uh, Jason, Jason goes to hell. Jason yeah. goes to hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. basically the same character. Yeah. It's, it, it didn't make any sense. And then the whole thorn thing, thorn turns out to be like some sort of cult uh, group that is, is devoted to some kind of demon. Well, that's I, I that's know. part six. That's part six, right? Yeah, but, I don't... but Thorn was begun in yeah. part five, so I mean, there the whole Samhain thing. What what I didn't understand, and I suppose it's now that I I, I thought about it, wouldn't it have been cool if 
if whatever cult was involved in the in part three, right, season of the witch, had been the same kind of cult. Oh, but the problem cool. with that is that they sh- they what in I I, re- I remembered this morning while I was having my breakfast I was thinking about timelines because that's one thing we got to get into tonight is timelines because <laughs> Halloween has the <laughs> screwiest timelines of all but but the uh, the th- part three they show Halloween one on a TV in that so it can't even be a part of this timeline in any way but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Back to yeah. part five. Yes. Yeah. I, it, this is the one where, was it Jamie, the little girl? Yeah. Is that the one where she's in the, like, children's psychiatric yes. house? Yeah. And they have that, okay. That, she has who that in the hell, boy. Yeah. Who in the hell let Dr. Loomis in there? I mean, he's <laughs> not, he shouldn't, he's like, so the minute, creepy. the minute she like starts to have a nightmare, he is running up to her, like two inches from her face and grabbing at her. her. You've got to help me. You've got to help me. Yeah, there, know, was like, one, there was one scene where he's, pra- he's practically laying on top of her. Yes. Who's Tell me where he the is. children's ward? Why Somebody, are you hiding him? Why isn't there yeah. an orderly just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to leave. You're yeah, disrupting we gotta, we all got patients. This guy needs to retire. Oh, my God. Switch to decaf, Loomis. Something. Just leave that little girl alone. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, I, it's I great, did, though. It's great. I mean, that's when you watch five and six, one, two, three, and four all have some coherence and there, and there's an interesting story to all of them. And, and they all, and there's no doubt that all of them have the biggest like cult followings, but five and six, you just got to go into them thinking I'm going to have fun with this. Cause there's nothing yeah. that makes sense. There's nothing beyond it's, it's goofy. It's watchable though. That's the good thing. But I didn't remember most of this movie and and I've watched it a few times, but this time when I watched it, I thought I felt like I even checked the description to see if I was watching like a director's cut or something, because I was like, I don't remember most of this movie. And I know the last time I watched it was maybe five years ago. So I it was bizarre to me. Um, the but clown t- music, the clown music for the two cops. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. That Joe's that's cops. magical. <laughs> All clear. Nothing above, nothing below. Rescue cat. Fine dog. That's a job. And we love it. That was the most magical part of that entire film. (laughs) Two policemen are walking out of the house, and there's actual, they have walking music. They have walking circus carnival clown music to escort them down the stoops. I love that. I watched that. I, like, rewound it six or seven times. For, for like, two seconds, there's a little blip of of music. It's 4.8 seconds, Matt. I timed it. I was, uh, like, the first time I heard that, I'm, like, did an ice cream truck like drive by on the street and they forgot to take it out of the soundtrack or what? They bring they bring it in again though once they leave. Yes. Yeah. It, yep. it was yes. like for a split second yep. just because yep. they start walking. I'm like, what? And then I okay, so I took a few notes. Yeah. Um what and one I think you're gonna love, Joe. There there was a, 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 a there were three lines right in a row that absolutely made me laugh out loud. Jamie says to Loomis, Can you kill him? And Loomis says I think so. And then the sheriff walks up and goes, now, nah, wait a minute, Luna, Loomis. And I'm like, <laughs> why is he trying? <laughs> this guy has murdered people for a decade in this town. Dozens of people. For actually more than that. Dozens We're of people- subscribers of due process here in Haddonfield. <laughs> right, nah, don't be talking crazy. The guy hey, killed it. 
In fact, the guy killed. In fact, Michael Myers killed the sheriff's daughter in the previous movie, uh-huh. and he's like, "Now wait a minute. I let's not get cr- carried away here." Um, oh, the the uh, the sheriff. Uh, his name's Bo Star. Do you know uh, what gangster movie he was in? No, Bo Star. Uh, he. Uh, the actor who played Sheriff uh, Meeker in uh, Halloween 5 and uh, Halloween 4 played Henry's father in Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. I yep. Now, yep, I remember I, that now. I was I was looking at this guy, and he's uh, acting. I was like, I've seen this guy somewhere. And then just that image of him with a belt beating the shit out of his son because he was skipping school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, that's him. Um. Okay, I also said uh, I don't remember most of this movie. This movie has zero fall look or feel. There's nothing. It was shot in both four and five were shot shot in Salt Lake City area. Um, there's very they, they must have shot it in summer. There's no even an no even attempt to look like it's fall. It has the worst mask by far of the entire series. There's a lot of dumb cops. Why would? <laughs> um, Michael's oh, oh oh and then the house the house that is supposed to be Michael's house looks it was blue absolutely nothing like the house was, from the movie it was blue with the spiral like on the left hand side going up had yeah. nothing to do with it, the original house kind of looked like the house from 4 that uh Jamie was living in I think or the one that the sheriff was living in one or the other but but it didn't look like the original Michael Myers house at all so um can we... And the ending was very strange. Yeah, I, I can I just uh, uh, make a tad bit uh, saying about our final girl Tina. Um, <laughs> one of the yeah. worst, one of the funniest, I think, and one of the most um, non likable, yeah, non likable uh, final girls I've ever uh, I've seen. Uh, she was. So over the top, just giggling, laughing. Uh, uh, she had ADD. It seemed like uh, she ate sugar her whole entire life. She yeah. wasn't. She wasn't really like fun at all. But what I did like about this movie was the car scene when Michael Myers was in Tina's boyfriend's car and pulls up, and she gets in the car, and she thinks it's him, or and her she boyfriend. thinks it's him. I you think know, it's great. Yeah, and and he keeps driving with her, right? Yeah. And I'm like, there's, there are moments when Michael just does stuff that you're like, I don't get it. And there's one like that in, in resurrection as well, where he, he, he walks up to Buster Rhymes, Buster Rhymes has on the Michael Myers mask and Michael Myers is standing there and he, and he doesn't kill Buster Rhymes right there because it was almost like he was thinking to myself, to himself, I want to see how this plays out. You know, it's very bizarre. Um, but she's, she's in the car and she's going, I want cigarettes. And Michael yeah. keeps on driving. God damn it, I want some cigarettes. He slams on so he the stops. brakes and then goes in reverse and then stops and just waits for her while she's getting a pack of cigarettes. And then the yeah. cops come and he just takes off. Oh, what a great scene. I know that was that was fantastic. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, good use of music, though. I did enjoy the music in this one. Uh, but I, Joe, did you have anything else you wanted to, to say about five or can we move on to six? Um, actually, yeah, a couple things real quick. Uh, Loomis has no idea what gun safety is because he uses his gun to turn on a light switch at one point. <laughs> um, I didn't the, notice that. The, yeah, boyf- did. 
The, uh, and, he, the, and he didn't do it very well either. He was like no. fumbling with the switch yeah. to try to get it yeah, off. Yeah, he couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, the the boyfriend, the the rebel Mikey guy, I just that archetype that you know Arthur Fonzarelli ripoff thing. I yeah. I was glad to see him go. Um, there there was a car crash in the woods that had this gargantuan explosion, and it like the front of the car hits a tree. I always thought the gas oh, yeah. tanks were in the back. Yeah. But it, it was like Hiroshima. You know, when yeah. this car just tapped a tree trunk. Well, unbelievable. The same thing happens in Halloween 2 to a, an ambulance that crashes into something and just explodes. Yeah, these things are... The, the, the vehicles in these Halloween movies are like powder kegs just waiting to go. It's right. like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's that's all I had. You guys can move on to the next one. Well, yeah. Halloween. That brings us to Halloween, Halloween six, six, and Halloween six is one. Did you? Who, did either of you watch the producer's cut or the just the regular one? I don't know if I. No, no, I didn't. Um, it was on Amazon um, Prime, and you could okay. have uh, watched it on there. But um, I didn't feel like uh, renting uh, it for three ninety nine, so I, I bought um, the DVD where. Uh, it was Halloween six, uh, Halloween H two O and Resurrection. I got it for like seven ninety nine. So that's that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So neither of you watched the producer's cut. No, did no. you? Well, what the producer's cut came from fans recut the movie on YouTube what? because so that it would make more sense and more and be uh, just better. <laughs> and so they were like, okay, and they released it as a producer's mix or producers cut and i think they did their own cut that was similar but they basically took this this fan edited version of the movie and from what i understand from what i read could be wrong if if you if i'm wrong please somebody out there comment on on our facebook but i believe what they did is they just took that and kind of added a little bit their own and uh but i i still can't tell exactly what the difference is between the two I did feel the producer's cut flowed a little bit better, though. Um, but, of course, we are introduced to Paul Stephen Rudd. Stephen Rudd. Steven. <laughs> Steven Rudd. He had already become... The, the, he must have been cringing when this movie came out because he had filmed it well before Clue. They came out the same Clueless. Year. Clueless. He, or, yeah, Clue. Why do I keep saying Clue? Yeah, Clueless. He had filmed... I think this movie, uh, like a year before Clueless came out or something like the previous year. And then he shot right. Clueless and Clueless came out before this movie and he was a big thing in it. Right. And his name in Clueless was Paul Rudd in Halloween six. They have him as introducing Paul Stephen Rudd. Um, it's not a great performance from him. And, and I, the only note I have on Halloween six was, does Tommy Doyle just stand in the window all day? Because <laughs> they keep walking by and he's standing he's in the window. Such a pervert. <laughs> well, he's. I mean, I mean, I think they're kind of like making him. Maybe he's going to be like the next Michael Myers or something, just standing right. in the window, just like Michael Myers did. Yeah. Um, that I. I mean, I. I think we should like go a little. Not too much into this film because I think uh, Jimmy's going to have a lot to say about this film, and he could probably say a little bit next episode. What, why do you think he's going to have a lot to say about it? Because he he's a big fan of uh, Part Six. Part Six, okay. Yeah, yeah, with uh, so, with all the lore and the thorn, and but I know Joe's got a favorite character in this film. I I do. Yeah. The oh yeah, the dad. 
the dad. Oh yes, of course, the dad. I forgot all about him. He's <laughs> he's the biggest dick I've he's, ever seen. I know you're <laughs> such a jerk. He is such a jerk. He's, he's so great. He's drunk all the time. That he wakes up in the middle of the night and he's already looking for a fight from his family. Yeah, uh, yeah he's oh. just uh he's he's the ep, just the epitome of every dad in that time era oh i loved him he he always wakes up on the wrong side of the bed because both sides of the bed are the wrong are side the wrong of the side bed. of the bed yeah <laughs> yeah he is such a jerk he yeah is, and, and uh, of course they that they, kitchen scene they that saved scene. the best death in the movie for him you know yeah. probably for that reason he just right. explodes his head um, explodes yeah <laughs> i for for i could probably talk about the dad for days but i don't want to i want to make sure we don't skip the fact that Jamie must have been 14 years old when she had that baby. Yeah. Yeah. I I was doing the math on that one and that just didn't add up at all. Well, this mo- this movie came out in what year? Oh god, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I let's see. Down. Oh, I've got or no, that was Resurrection. It's got to be 89 or 90 or something like that, right? Part 6 would have been yeah, 90 something like that and and I think Jamie was like 5 or 6, wasn't she in in part 4? Yeah, um, it was it was it was I think part four came out and then and then uh, well, I'll look it up. But I I think part four came up and then part five came out a year later. And this one might have been a few years after that. Uh, All I know oh, is that Halloween five was uh, in 1989. Right. And and part four was 88. This is 1995. So right. by she this was, time she was 10 and five. She was yeah. 10 and 5. And this is four years later. She was 14 years old. This is six years later. This came out in 1995, and 5 came out in 89. 85 really? and 89, that's four years. 90, yeah. 95. This movie came out in 95. Oh, 95. Part five, or part 5 came out in 89, so that's six years. Six years. Okay, then she was 8 when she was in 5. And and so right. then six years later, so she's yeah. fourteen now. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Chosen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she looked. And that, she was twenty four years old. And nobody feeds that baby until like an hour and ten minutes into it. <laughs> it's right. crazy. It's and crazy. never says a word. Never cries. I'm like, if if any of my kids ever went that long without getting fed, I the neighbors would know. Yeah, and, and I. Paul, did, did I miss any explanation for how Jamie got pregnant? Was was she pregnant with Michael's baby? I I don't know. There was no explanation yeah, of how no she got pregnant. Yeah, there's nothing. Right? I think she had sex with a car. <laughs> that could that could have been that would have been a better explanation. Actually, yeah. and and uh, I was reading about this. Danielle Harris uh, really wanted to play the part and wanted to do be this have this as her send off, and they didn't want to pay her what she felt she deserved. They wanted to pay her just scale for the day uh, because it was just going to be a small part. They were just going to pay her scale for whatever days she worked. And she wanted a little bit more. She felt like she could, she deserved a bit more and they just walked away and hired and cast someone else. They didn't really care. And Mustafa, definitely, definitely well-deserved because Daniel Harris, she's a, she's a good little actress. I, I mean, I, I had no problems watching her on the screen uh, in four, uh, like four or five and, or just in five, but uh, and she but she gets her uh, she gets her money in the Rob Zombie films. Yeah, well, that's the good thing. But yeah, in she was really good in four and five. I thought she was, you know, 
especially especially in four she was so young in that and really i mean they put her through the ringer in that i i it's sad that they didn't get her in there but uh and of course the whole thorn thing it turns out michael is basically being controlled by a <laughs> by a a group of i don't even know what to call them by this point you're like yeah it's a cult it's a cult, a cult. Uh, it's a cult of form celtic, right celtic uh cult yeah I, I wish that I really was wishing that they were going to have like Stonehenge around them and that there would, there would be those masks in there and everything, but I guess not. There was some really, really bad ADR in this film. Um, like I had to go back to make sure that my DVD player like wasn't out of sync and yeah. some of the sounds, the, the, the Foley work that they did on that was just atrocious. Yeah. However, my favorite line in this entire film is when they're at that festival and that little kid is out there and he keeps saying, mommy, it's raining red. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's getting bled on. The kid is that stupid that he doesn't know there's blood or something like, maybe you should look up and see if there's a body that was thrown up in that tree. No, yeah. I, I, I actually thought that scene was a little creepy. It, it was, there was a little girl with the blonde little girl. Mommy, I thought it was a boy. Raining. No, it was a little girl. Actually, that was like the creepiest scene out of the whole film. Regardless, whatever, <laughs> whether it was a boy or a girl, for as old as that kid looked, they know what blood is. And if they see yeah. red dripping all over them, they're not going to say, Mommy, it's raining red. Fair yeah, point. no, Fair they were point. old enough to know that blood, it looks like blood, and, and rain never is red. Uh, Okay. Well, as much as I would love to just talk about Halloween. Oh, can I ask w- one more question? Yeah. At the at the end, when the cult was in the hospital, yeah. and uh, the head cult guy it was like went into an operating. What the hell were they operating on? Um, I don't remember now. I don't remember. It it wasn't the baby, and it it wasn't Michael, but they all went into an operating room, and he was he had like red scrubs on. But they they, they I, had they had Jamie strapped in there, right? But no, they weren't operating on her. Yeah, what were they doing? I don't know. I have to go back. I and mean that look. that was that was the last note that I had because I I rewinded a couple times and I could not figure out for the life of me what was on the operating room table. Yeah. Well, Jeez. you know, probably the qu- man in black. Those are questions for Jimmy. Yep. Because uh, if Jimmy is, I, it's not surprising Jimmy's a big fan of it. But um, okay. Then we come to, I guess, H2, yeah, it would be uh, Halloween H2O, uh, colon, 20 years later, which, Joe, I kind of felt like they missed an opportunity here because they could have done, back in 2008, they could have done, or no, 2018, they could have done a documentary called Halloween H2O, colon, 20 years later, colon, 20 years later. Yeah, but they didn't. I, w- I would have called it H two O still Halloweening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I one... love this movie. I love this movie. Uh, it's it's the scream of uh, Halloween because that's what's happened. Um, it's uh, this was the aftermath of the scream uh, phenomenon. Uh, you had Kevin Williamson uh, produce this film. It completely uh, shows, I mean, self-aware teens, the beginning of a film that completely takes from the beginning of the movie Scream. It even has the same music from Scream. 
Uh, yeah, and it's uh, directed by Steve Miner, who uh, directed Friday Thirteenth Part Two and Three. And uh, this movie, I think, has the best actors out of the whole entire franchise. No, well, not the whole entire franchise, but for I, I think from uh, three all the way up to H two O, you got. Go yeah, ahead. it's got a it's got a really good cast. Yeah, yeah. You got you got Michelle Williams. You got Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, I'm sorry, who? Joseph Gordon Levitt. Love it. Is his name Love it? Is yeah, that how you pronounce Levitt. his name? Yeah. Jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Well, I've been um, doing that for years. You can long. you can just call him Jiggle J G L. That's what I call him. <laughs> Jiggle. <laughs> uh, even even Janet Lee's in it. Uh, her yeah. Mom. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, Joe, what did you think of this? I, speaking of the Janet Lee part, um, I, I wanted to point out that the car that she was leaning against is the same car from Psycho. Yeah. And did you notice yeah. that the um, the license plate is NFB, which is Norman Bates, his uh, initials? Oh, I didn't notice. Uh, that. I, I I love that that homage to it. Um, I did like it. I have lots of questions. Like, for example, why does it start in Langdon, Illinois, and not Haddonfield? I I'm I, I'm assuming because that's where that's just where Loomis and his nurse lived. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I I just assumed it was some sort of neighboring town, but I didn't know if I missed something that it. It I don't know. Yeah, I don't town. think there was a reason yeah. for it. I, I, okay. I'm, yeah, at least nothing that would be from the movies. Yeah. Um, um, one one slight thing that bothers me, but it's not just in this movie or necessarily in this franchise. It's in all movies. Whenever anybody picks up a knife, they all sound like the they're getting released from a giant metal sheath. You know. Yeah. I, I can I can pick up a <laughs> knife off a wooden counter and it's still going to go schling. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I. I do have questions like, you know, although they all have to do with the T word that I know we're going to discuss later, but I didn't realize that she had a son because I don't know. I, I used to look back on this whole franchise very fondly, but I think all I'd ever remember is numbers one, two, three, and four. But when I, when we start getting into these timelines and how this movie counts for this timeline and this movie doesn't. And in this movie, she's got a son, but his son is never mentioned anywhere else throughout all the other movies in the franchise. That's when I start to get a headache. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you just got to not worry about it so much, Joe. Because... I haven't slept in a week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, it. I, I was worried for you. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, what are you, you going to worry about timelines for five and six? My God, like that that one, you just like chalk it up for whatever. I don't know. Um, and then H two O. I the only thing I will say, and I was I was trying to make this point earlier, and that there's one thing that gets in the way of this. But I, I was going to say cool, and, Jay? no, but no. but timelines in terms of timelines on this one two. And four, obviously, are part of a timeline. Five and six, of course, add to that, but they they incorporate something else that that um, never gets picked up again. So one, two, four, five, and six, because you know five and six bring in Thorn and and all of that. Those all fit as a timeline, right? There's nothing. I don't think there's anything contradictory about any of those movies. 
in terms of being one timeline, right? Three, of course, three of course is his own thing. Why wouldn't H two O fit in? Okay, with well, the, four, I'm five, getting, and six. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so the the quit the the thing was when they first wrote uh, Halloween when Williamson or whoever came came forward to write the script for Halloween H two O. It was going to originally, Williamson's idea was that it was going to be Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. Okay. Now, and his idea, what's that? (laughs) Horrible title. (laughs) Well, it it would have fit in with The Return of Michael Myers, Revenge of Michael Myers, and Curse of Michael Myers. And so it would have been, he, he, he was going to tie it all in together. And that the story would have been that she'd faked her death. And Jamie, you know, they would have acknowledged Jamie, right, as being her daughter, which, what does that say about, you know, I mean, that's, that's problematic because she's going to fake her death and leave her daughter. The only thought, the only way I, I thought of to explain that would be that she knew she was in danger and that any that Michael would always find her. And so she left her daughter with somebody else to take care of. But then in H2O, they have Josh Hartnett as her son. So that kind of throws a a wrench in the idea of that being a part of the main timeline, because a, his age would be about the same as Jamie's, I believe. Right. This movie came out in 98. And yeah, he, in fact, he'd be older, right. than Jamie. So, He'd Josh be in Hartnett, high school, right? Josh Hartnett would be Jamie's brother and sister, correct? They, yeah, it'd be his at least his half brother or so her half brother. He'd be an uncle already. Well, no, because Jamie it, it'd be his Jamie half, had a kid. They'd be half siblings. Oh, he'd be the uncle of of Jamie's baby. Jamie's yeah. baby, yeah, yeah. But uh, but but I'm talking. Yeah, well, that's true, but. But I don't in in terms of age, Josh Hartnett is about what seventeen in this movie. Uh, he's well, yeah, he'd to be, be a senior. Yeah, he's supposed to be a senior, senior in high school. Yeah, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So, and you said that Jamie was fourteen in part six, right? Which came out yep. in ninety five. Yeah. So that would only make her seventeen. So that it doesn't work. Like doesn't like Josh, work. it doesn't work then. Yeah. But yeah, right. But, Unless it was. Laurie Strode was uh no never mind no, yeah it, it does, I was gonna say work. got pregnant by two different guys yeah they they decided at the to, same time <laughs> they decided to go in a different direction they uh, cut off they cut it off they cut it off after uh six and it's because of what happened with Kevin Williamson and how popular Scream was and I know what you did last summer um the producers of Halloween says we gotta go this route they they scrapped everything. Until from it was Halloween and uh, it wait, Halloween and Halloween 2, and then they went to H2O. Jamie does not exist anymore, she yeah. doesn't exist. Well, it, but that was Williamson's original idea was that he would, it was, it was that she would exist, and uh, that his, his original script was going to be that part seven where she existed and everything. Um, but when they brought in the son, then there's no way that the two could coexist. Yeah, but they, no. the only part of that that they kept was that uh, Jamie Lee or Laurie Strode faked her death. They kept that part of his original idea for where they were going to go. The rest of it they scrapped. Um, Talk about deep and hard. 
<laughs> yeah. going into some lore here. Uh, I, I I did love that one scene uh, with the garbage disposal scene uh, when he's like reaching into the garbage disposal, and uh, I I thought that was a really tense tense scene. Yeah, that was. And, well done. Uh, it, it, I was very disappointed with that. I I kind of well I I was disappointed that well, I was... didn't get to see the kill, but I I I loved how the scene turned out with the tension because that's one of my greatest fears is a garbage disposal sticking your hand in there and how. He kept on staring at the the switch if it's on or off, and then Michael Myers is just uh, the cherry on top and back. And then when he turns around, it's such a honest and great reaction. He says hi, like he just got or hello. I, I believe he said hello or hi, and it was just an honest reaction. It's like he just got his hand caught in the cookie jar. I just love that whole entire scene. It, it's really really intense. I just simply wanted to see. Uh... Michael Myers walk over and flip the light switch on. Done. Oh God, that would have been horrible. That would yeah. have been great. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. I just ugh. they were it was they were trying to tease and everything. Um, yeah. I another note. Uh, it's so '90s with the references to other movies and the meta and all of that that they did sure. in this. It was very Kevin Williamson. Um, the uh, hockey mask, uh, you know, from is is an is an. Uh, a, a, a nod to um, Jason, of course. It's in fact, it's the same. It's a similar hockey mask to Jason's. That was they did that as a nod to Jason. Uh, Janet Lee in her car from Psycho and the Psycho theme playing. I thought that was. I I know you liked it, Joe. I thought it was a little on the nose. Um, but I thought one thing that was interesting was H two O Lori and twenty eighteen Lori. They're both approached this as as people who survived trauma but i felt like h2o lori was sort of in hiding and and it, it kind of um broke her a little bit and she was you know she seemed a weaker person until events started until her son was in danger and then she got mama bear on him but 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 what we meet is a very fearful person Right at the beginning, she's afraid to let her son go anywhere. She's afraid to go anywhere on Halloween. She's very broken by trauma. Whereas in 2018, it's a person who's been empowered by drama, by trauma, and 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 is the opposite. Is like fighting, you know, and learning how to use weapons. Rigged her home to be, you know, a a booby trap kind of thing. So there there are two like different versions that were both I thought equally interesting. I enjoyed I, I enjoyed the H two O Laurie Strode more than I enjoyed the two two thousand eighteen Laurie Strode. I mm-hmm. thought the H two O was uh, was much more believable than the Sarah Connors uh, Strode in um, two thousand. I'd like to know where she got all of her money for this uh, bunker because my guess is <laughs> at the end of H two O she probably lost her teaching license. <laughs> it doesn't it it doesn't count that's a different timeline joe <laughs> yeah um also i said uh i thought the sound cues were overboard and uh the whole scene at the truck at the gate i, I just didn't think it worked i it wasn't as creepy as it was supposed to be especially they show ll cool, cool j uh walking around inside the the security hut there and then Michael steps into a window and they do a boom kind of sound cue. And it, it's not effective. It's not in his face. The, the, the mask is terrible. They just can't get this mask. Correct. After number two, there's not 
a, a, there's not a good mask until 2018 in my opinion. Well, uh, Rob Zombies, I guess is fine. And 2018 I like, but, um, but from four through H2, all oh, the masks are awful. Uh, and then resurrection. Oh, and then why didn't he kill? Why didn't he kill LL Cool J in that whole scene where he's walking around the the? It seems so out of Michael's character not to just kill him there. He's a national treasure. Yeah, he's a <laughs> yeah I guess treasure. that's true. You don't kill LL LL yeah. Cool Zoo. Yeah. I you guess don't even kill even rhymes either. Even Michael Myers has that, huh? Yeah. Um, and it celebrates that guy's whole catalog. So <laughs> that brings us to resurrection. Yes. Which uh, I think, you know, if someone was to just explain to me what Resurrection was, the story idea, the plot of Resurrection, I'd think that's kind of a cool idea. You, you're you're going to do a remote, like, whatever, online streaming of, you know, events, whatever, and then Michael Myers actually shows up. That That's, I guess, sort of interesting. The execution of it was awful just terrible um to me to me to me and i'm sure I, I i feel like there aren't that many people who probably like um resurrection very much it's the most maligned but i'm sure just like any of these movies there are people who love it so i i'm not i, I really don't i don't like shitting on movies that people love so um to we've me, been shitting all hour <laughs> well not really because we yeah. had fun with some of we're these having others. fun this yeah. is the this is the first one that i could say I really felt like it was a horrible movie, and it's and I to me, it's the worst in the about. franchise. But what did no, you guys think? This is think? the greatest. This is the greatest one. Okay. I don't know how they could call no. it resurrection with that whole bullshit startup thing that Michael never died in the last one, because there was some confusion at the uh, the school, the high school, and when the paramedics yeah. came in, Michael Myers killed the paramedic and switched clothes with him. All right, so if he was never dead then how could he resurrect himself? It's right. that, that, that trope was just terrible. Yeah. That was awful explanation. That was a terrible but explanation. You, you, you know, the story behind that, right? With Jamie Lee Curtis, because the only yeah. reason why she was going to do H2O is if she gets to kill Michael Myers. And then when they had the, the set all, all set and with the costumes and then, um, they said, Oh, there's a clause. We can't actually kill Michael Myers. And Michael, Jamie, uh, Mustafa Akkad, the producer, yeah. has in his contract, and I think Malik does too, or Malik or whatever his name is, they have the same clause in their ownership of the rights that Michael Myers will never be actually killed because they want to keep making money. It's their cash cow, this thing. Their cash cow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what happened. Um, I, I would like to point out that there was a part where the kids were dropped off at the Myers house. And they had to get onto the front porch and start clipping on their gear, which were the microphones and the cameras. Yeah. Did you guys happen to notice the sound that they added to that? No. No. It was guns, like guns being loaded and, and cocked. Oh was it not, like... not plastic <laughs> buckles being no. clipped together. Yeah, it was. I, I rewound it and listened to it like three times. It was terrible. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I didn't, I didn't even notice it. In case nobody's picked up on this yet, I watch movies with my ears mostly. I guess so. And you yeah. and you are perplexed by perplexed by some of the weirdest little details I've ever seen. Yeah, that, is, that was just terrible. Um, I also don't care for Tyra Banks when she's walking through the uh, it was the garage with all the TVs. How she's just snapping her fingers and they're just turning on like she's a new f- 
Fonzie or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. The clapper. Yeah. Yeah. The sexy dance making a, a latte. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, and Buster Rhymes' karate oh, is my. like the lowest form of the partial arts. I mean, it's yeah. just... You, you know what, what had to happen on set. He's going, look, I've been watching some Jackie Chan flicks. Yes, and yeah, Let exactly. me tell you. It's like I and, and he was he was into like martial arts. You saw it in some of his music videos. He's going, oh yeah. He's going, hey man, let me karate chop Michael Myers, man, please. And, and the director's like, do whatever you want. You're the headliner. He's literally the headliner. Yeah, no, they probably had to tell him you get to you're going to get to fight Michael Myers. You're going to get to fight. You're not going to get killed by Michael Myers and all this. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Michael yeah. Myers, who never listens to anybody, is actually going to listen to you, Buster Rhymes. And if you tell him to stop, he will. <laughs> yeah, and just, then at the end, that last line, uh, you know, it was yeah. ridiculous. so ridiculous. Uh, what, although what was I, the last line? I forgot. Uh, yeah. on, I got it. I got it written down. Uh, trick or treat, mother. Oh, it's trick or treat. Mother no, no, yeah. the last line when he's being interviewed by the, oh, you know, by the news. I don't remember now. Michael Myers isn't some blah blah blah. And then yeah. yeah. Okay. I also I want to know. I want to know what hardware store that that girl bought that. I, I got to get one of these, these silent starting uh, chainsaws. Cause she's, she's yeah. hiding in a closet or a cabinet or something. And then all of a sudden springs out from the cabinet and the chainsaw is already running. And I, I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah. Maybe it's an electric start. Oh, I got to get one of those. Oh, can we talk, can we talk about uh, the, the, the younger teenagers who was who went to the party and and he's, oh what what's with what that? what was that like they're they're in the party it's like everyone's drinking beer and he's gonna like sneak into like the parents uh uh, uh little uh, office room and he's like typing in and then by by the end of it the whole party is in there just uh, surrounding him then what the hell was it it's it's Couldn't, all it was all the reality. Couldn't it, they have had that movie and cut out all of that? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, they could have done that without that people watching online, for sure. Yeah. And it didn't make sense that he's texting somebody who's in the movie, like, on the show. Like, it's ridiculous. And who's going to take that seriously, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to say, oh, they're really being killed. You would you would say, oh, they're setting this up. This is so stupid. And and then you walk away, and then maybe the next day you find out it was all real, and everybody goes crazy for it. But well, they it, had it, nudity on there too, and that's against the law. And yeah, yeah, I, it, it was crazy. Yeah, you can't show nudity on the internet. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What are you talking what about? It was live. Damn it! You can't do that. <laughs> Mark still has a lock on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, we, we I don't want to drag it out anymore. Let's right. keep going. Uh, let's just talk about the zombie movies as a unit. Um, sure. I think they, I, you know, I, I saw it when it came out, the first one, and then the second one I never did watch, and I watched it this time. Uh, I thought I had, and then I realized as I was watching it, no, I've never seen this before. Um, but part one... It's just, you know, the, the zombie, the Rob Zombie hillbilly aesthetic. I just, I just, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I, I know he's really into it. I'm not sure how you become somebody who's really into that hillbilly aesthetic, but um, it, it doesn't really fit 
with Halloween. I know he's making it his own. I get that. I respect that. But I don't think, and I wrote this down as a note, evil doesn't need a backstory. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and Michael Myers, when he's just evil, that's what I love about Michael, is that they never tried to make him any more than that. They never tried to to make him into any kind of maybe a, 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 a res- not respectable, but somebody that you could at least understand, an understandable character. It was always just pure evil, and that was his function, was just to be an evil killing machine, nameless, fa- or not nameless, but faceless and and devoid of any uh, a- a- any emotion. There's, you know, he has no emotion when he's killing. It's just he's a killing machine. He's an inevitability, and I love that. In the zombie version, he decided to show that he has a, sh- a crappy home life and, you know, give a reason for him to be a killer. And that, to me, just isn't as interesting as it might sound when you're talking about it. And it certainly isn't scary to me. Um, what, I, did, I, what did you think? I I didn't mind so much. Um, I, I, I hated the, the breakfast scene and just the constant swearing yeah. and the, mother effort and this right. and that you know it's, it's, mark it's it's too much when it, it, i'm glad you brought that up because i'm not i don't normally care about swearing at all but it, yeah. it's there's something about the zombie dialogue yeah. that it's just it, it's not like i'm offended by cursing it just feels like like, he doesn't know how to write a script or like right. write dialogue, so he just says it, it feels, "mother it feels effing like, this" and "mother effing that." And, it feels like a fourteen-year-old boy who thinks correct. cursing is funny and any cursing is funny, and and that and then leave it at that, and it mm-hmm. just it just doesn't work. They're just sentence enhancers, right? Yeah, yeah. and and I and but yeah, in most movies job. they're sentence enhancers. In this, they are the sentence. They are the <laughs> yeah, sentence. They yeah. Are the sentences. Yeah. It's just it's just too much and. And you're you're already like uh, desensitized, desensitized. Thank you um, by that. And it's it, it by by the end of that breakfast scene, you're just done. It's like you don't even care. I so like I mean, if they just cut all that out, I actually didn't mind when Michael Myers was in. Why are you laughing? <laughs> He's desensitized. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I was just thinking. I think we have a new, <laughs> we have a new button at the end. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, so I I didn't mind uh, actually when Malcolm McDowell and uh, Michael Myers was at the institution. I didn't mind so much of that. That was okay, because um, like if, if you cut out all the the Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon, hey, let's film uh, my wife on on a pole. You know, because I mean, I it it was just completely just dumb to even have that. And at the end, you could cut probably ten minutes off and actually condense it. It's not a bad film. This film actually does take off. And Rob Zombie is a very good director, in my opinion. No, I you know I think that, and I've always said this about him. I feel like in terms of the look and feel of his films, and the and the way you know some of the editing and and the the zoom ins and the close ups and. and 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 just the feel of his films, he is good. And I loved what I loved about Halloween. Both of these movies is that they went back and shot them in Pasadena again, so it it did tie into the look of the original film. Uh, so that I I thought was pretty cool, and it looked like a Halloween movie. It felt like a good atmosphere. 
So I liked that. And I did think once they got out of the backstory, it moved along. If this movie had been about a half hour shorter, I think it would have been a solid tight film. And if it, you know, once you get past the hillbillies, you're in much better space, I think. So, um, and then Halloween part two, the Rob zombie is, uh, I, I don't Hang really, on. Joe. What Hang do you? On, have? Yeah, I know you have a lot I, to say about that. I got, well, I don't oh, have okay. a lot to say. I got questions. Okay, go ahead. Um, like, did any of that stuff in the hospital actually happen? Okay, so here's my theory. What do you mean? Well, okay. So I'm I'm a huge fan of the original Halloween two. Mm-hmm. I, I loved oh, oh, that. Oh. All the stuff taking place in the hospital. Right. So, um, like, Michael Myers comes in, she finds uh, Laurie. Stalks her. She goes out to that guard shack. The guard gets killed. All that other stuff. And then there's like a lightning strike, and she wakes up back in her room. Yeah. So did none of that stuff happen? I don't it's, think so. It's another timeline, Joe. It's another timeline. Jesus line. Christ. Because listen, if listen, <laughs> if she dies, this is I, I've looked this up on the internet. A lot of people think she dies, and then. The rest of the movie is her going to heaven or hell, and that's why you see the white horse and whatnot. So there's two separate timelines. So there, so maybe there's seven timelines in this movie in the franchise. Look at Joe's face; he's gonna he's gonna collapse. I, I don't know about that. I, I, <laughs> I and I have never seen that online written about it. The only thing I could think I I just assume that it's a dream sequence and that it was right. yeah it was him sort of saying. I'm going to do what they did in Halloween 2 at the hospital and then pulling the rug out from under you and saying, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to do my own thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah so I is. felt like that's what it was. But I that first 20 minutes in the hospital was really good. Like I, I was that. liking that. It yeah. was fucking great. If the rest of the movie had been like that, this would have been the greatest sequel horror movie, you know, in a long time. I, I, well, I would have loved it. He does the original Halloween as a remake and homage to the original Halloween movie in 1978. Sure. Right. Why, why, if he would have just continued his part two to be the same sort of homage to Halloween part two, we would have been fine. He started off doing that. And then, like you said, pulls a rug from out underneath us. Well, he wasn't even supposed to direct Halloween 2. He got into Halloween 2 because they were going to do another uh, sequel to his Halloween. And. He was like, no, no, I, I can't have anybody touch my version. So he goes in and directs Halloween 2, and then he just goes off rails, man. He goes off rails with this film. I I kind of like to know what happened to the original actor that played the young Michael Myers because he's different from the second one to the first one. He, he, he actually uh, became... Uh, too grown too up. Too big? Yeah, too big. Cause, I mean, he was a big kid as it was. Not like it's width size, but he was in just height. a larger kid and he yeah. just grew. He sprouted. Yeah, it was and it, like just, a two, it wouldn't match. It was, I think I, I've, I know the movies came out two years uh, separate, but I think they filmed the first one even uh, earlier. Earlier. So yeah, I think, I think he grew quite a bit. It might've been three years between filming. So um, I also, um, I had a problem with the guy that played Michael Myers in the second one. Is he different than the guy that played Michael Myers? No, it's the same it's guy. Taylor, it's Taylor Maine. It's the same guy. Okay, because I don't remember him grunting when he killed anybody in yeah. the first one, but yeah. he does all the time in number two. Right, I hate that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Michael Myers did grunt in the, in the original. In the original, the original zombie. 1978. Yeah. 
No, he didn't. Yes, he no. did. No, no. I don't remember him when emitting he, a sound. When, when he's strangling, uh, um, he, he's, oh, Yeah, there's a oh. little, but it's not, it's not, a not little. like this. Yeah, it's, it's oh, a no, little. N- not like that, not like that, but yeah, no, uh, it, this was, I didn't care for this, yeah. Plus, the manner of which he kills people in this one is just, a, I don't want to say obscene, but I can't think of a better word for it. You know, the original Michael Myers would stab somebody, and they're dead, and he'd walk away. But this one, this guy's re-stabbing somebody 10 and 15 and 20 times. Yeah, and then standing over him. It's 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 very and Rob then, Zombie. And then giving us that stupid cockeyed look, like, yeah. Hmm, yeah. are you really dead? Like a, like a puppy looking right, at you, confused. Right, overdid that a little bit. Yeah, Rob Rob Zombie basically started off really good, and then he went complete hillbilly, just like you know, um, Devil's uh, Rejects and all that. He just went complete hillbilly and just did his own thing. And but I I do understand like people do really like this film. It, it he's a it, good director. Yeah. Damn it, this has this this movie has a huge cult following. Part two, um, not, not as much part one, but a lot of people love part two. Yeah. Well, part two is the only movie out of all of this franchise that has Weird Al Yankovic in it. So, I mean, I can that see why true. people are a huge fan. Yeah. Or as or as they call him on the show, Mister Weird. You oh, and boy, he makes Loomis look like a total dick <laughs> in Halloween too. What a dick! Yeah. Oh, he's horrible. Yeah, and, and that doesn't work for me either. I feel no. Loomis should be it. I I just don't. I didn't care. I I get making your own choices and making your own things, but. Uh, I I just zombies. All of his characters tend to be dicks. You know, they're all just they, everybody's no, filthy. Everybody's yeah, greasy. everyone's filthy, and no one's really all that likable. Even Lori wasn't all that like. She was certainly wasn't all that memorable. Uh, I like Danielle Harris in this though. But oh, um, she's yes, great in too. both films. Yeah, both in both, films. in both. And I'm glad that they let her live because Annie in the first movie, of course, dies in mm-hmm. you know in Halloween seventy eight. Uh, but in this one, they let her live into the second one, and and is she alive at the end of the second one too? Still, I don't remember. I now. believe so. Yeah. yeah, I believe so. Um, I don't the, like that Michael eats the dog. I, yeah, I, I yeah. I didn't well, think that was but, well, that came in the the first movie. He eats a dog too, but you don't. Yeah, you know, he's he got to eat. He's got to eat. It's yeah. not going to go to McDonald's. Yeah. The guy's got to eat. Uh, okay. And then. Oh, but then I, you know, I was just reading that somebody was trying. They were trying to make a sequel to Halloween Two, the zombie, the zombie one, not Rob Zombie, someone else. I'll have to look that up, and I could talk about it next time. But I read in part of my research, I read that there were a, a, a famous director was going to make a a sequel to the Rob Zombie movie, and it was just in an interview I read the other day. You heard it here first. Steven Spielberg's going to be doing part three of Rob Zombie's... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, not that famous. Uh, and then we come to, finally, Halloween 2018, just titled Halloween. It is a reboot back to part one, not even part two. Uh, and they... It's a little confusing to people, and I wish they'd done this, but what they were going to do, what they had planned to do, was a... A, a drone shot of a reconstruction of the first Halloween movie, 1978. And they were going to do a drone shot of when Michael gets shot and falls off the balcony, you know, and they look out and he's there and then they come back and he's gone, right? So they were going to start at that point 
and do a drone shot following him running through Haddonfield until he gets pulled over by the police and arrested. So that was going to explain how this movie was picking up and that all this time, Michael was in this asylum all this time. Halloween 2 never happened. None of the other movies happened. It was just going to be a jump to 2018 to tell the sto- to finish the story in a trilogy of, of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode. So I really liked 2018. I, I came into it with some trepidation, worried about what they were going to do with it. And because it is such a, uh, you know, favorite uh, franchise of mine, I really was worried about it. I was hoping they were going to do it well and do it right. And I was quite, I, I sat there with a smile on my face through this movie. I remember um, watching it, the scene. I, and sometimes I'd, I'll just pull up this scene every now and then too, where Michael is walking through Haddonfield while the trick or treating is going on. Love the scene, love the atmosphere. It is perfect. The one scene I wish they would have cut and not kept in was the asylum with the podcasters. I, I just didn't like, I, I, not that I, I, I am fine because it brings them into the, brings him to the, gives him a reason to, or a way to get the mask back and brings him into that. I, I like the scene where the, he kills them in the bathroom stall and all that. That's all great. But the way it was set up, I wish they'd just done it differently. It just seemed so. It was poorly shot. It was yeah, poorly it, shot with, it, with with the in, with the other uh, inmates just laughing, and it kept cutting back to the other inmates. It it, it was a poorly I, shot. I felt scene. like this was a scene that the production. I could be wrong about this, but I felt it felt like the production. The producers were like, "This scene needs to be a big, powerful scene," and they were doing everything they could to make it as powerful and and dramatic as it could be it would have been so much more effective to just have him in a small white room trying to talk to him you know that way um and 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 have it be a simpler scene and have and have everything go from there but you know i don't know what can you say what it it, how about you joe i really like this one i like judy greer in this i i like the whole cast I don't mind the podcasters. I think they were trying to find a way to ground it in a time I, reference, the time frame. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't mind the podcasters either. Yeah. I didn't like that opening scene in the courtyard. I wish it had been done somewhere else and in a more subtle way. That's all. Oh, I gotcha. So you don't have a problem with podcasters in general. <laughs> I love podcasters. <laughs> what, um, what podcasters has three thousand dollars just to? Just yeah, to I I wish we were that successful. That's yeah, like no kidding. Three that's grand like, around. That's like Joe Rogan style or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but I I I agree that yes, it was probably not the best setting to introduce those characters. But I do appreciate how they tied it all in about how they got the mask back, like you said. And yeah. I love that bathroom scene. Oh, that bathroom scene is just fantastic. Oh, oh did you it's guys? Fantastic. Did yeah. you guys? Did you guys see that one scene? Because I slowed it down to one point two seconds when uh, Michael Myers is going uh, when she's in the bathroom stall, right? And you see him without the mask. He's smiling. He's smiling. It's the first emotion besides uh, 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 Michael. Uh, Michael Myers crying in part five with a single tear. He's actually smiling. I we watched it ten times and it's creepy as oh, shit. I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I didn't. You got to do it. One, I, one point two seconds. One point two seconds. One point two seconds. Just like having yeah. it in uh, forward or reverse, you can see him. He's smiling and he looks like uh, um, uh, uh, Reno, the professional guy, doesn't he? A little bit because he's so. 
uh, uh, the actor who the played French the, actor. Oh, the French, the French actor. Mission Impossible. He looks yeah. a little like him. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think but, he's a really good uh, Michael too. And of course, they also had Michael. Nick Castle came back, uh, and he's the one walking around town on Halloween night. Uh, most of the action, of course, is done by the the new guy. I can't remember his name now, but Nick Castle, the original Michael Myers, uh, came back. I wish they would have brought Tony Moran, but of course, he doesn't really look like he he yeah. used to. But, um, but I, how, how about that one continuous shot though that they did when when they first uh, uh, introduced like Michael Myers oh, in in the in suburb. the trick or treating. Yeah, I timed yeah. it. I timed it. Uh, two minutes and fifty three seconds point fifteen uh, seconds of the continuous shot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's not that long. It's not like a Martin Scorsese shot, but no, but man, there's a lot is of it good. There's a lot of elements to that. The, the, all those yeah. trick or treaters and everything that could not have been easy to set up. Now I don't know if there were any hidden cuts because sometimes, like in Birdman, they did a lot of hidden cuts right, that you don't right. see. So I don't. I but I didn't notice any, and I looked for them. I didn't see any places that seemed to me like they might have been hidden cuts. They're really good at disguising them now, but yeah. I, I didn't see any that I could tell. Maybe maybe when he was going out the front door after uh, he uh, hammered the shit out of the That's what woman. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, maybe, but it, it looked beautiful. And just That's when I, I was in the theater and saw it. I just went, oh, I love this film. I also want to point out that I like... Um, the actor that played the dad, Toby Huss, I've always been a, a silent fan of his yes. ever since the old MTV days. He used to do Yo-yo. promos. He used to do these promos where he was, uh, he does a fantastic uh, Frank Sinatra impression. Yeah. And he used to do these promos where he would sing um, Two Princes by uh, yep. Spin Doctors as Frank Sinatra. And yeah. I've loved him since then. And I was so happy to see him in this movie. If you want to call me baby. Go ahead now, and if you, you want to make it, maybe, then go ahead now, and if you want to grab my trousers, then go ahead now, and if you, you want to boost for hours, then go ahead now, two crazy princes kneeling down. Yeah, oh, he's, he's great. And I love the mom. I love uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, uh... Judy Greer. Judy Greer. I, she's she's an underutilized actor, and I, yep. I think she's fantastic, and yep. she's perfect in this film. I I liked the kids, uh, the boy the, with the curly hair who was the chubby yeah. kid. He's really funny, and I he was on an airplane with me on when I was flying back from Iowa, uh, uh, when I went home for my dad's funeral. When I flew back, he was on the just a couple rows ahead of me, and uh, you I didn't say anything to him. I, I didn't get a chance. You know, it's one of those things where what can you do? And then I didn't see him. I was going to talk to him after, and I didn't see him. Like, I, I, I was going to. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to talk to him. But, you know, I didn't. And he was. I couldn't really get to him. It was awkward. So um, I did message him to see if we could get him on the show, but he didn't. He hasn't responded yet. So we'll see. Um, Remember me? I sat behind you on the plane. I, I, know, I sat a couple <laughs> rows back. I had a Sinister t shirt on. Did you notice? <laughs> um, anyway. But I thought he was really good. I thought they, I loved the the party. There, there was just this. It was a return to setup, a good setup. Um, I love it when when you know Michael. You know, they, we had the good kill in the bathroom, and of course with the the mechanic. But that that bathroom scene is so good. And there's a little. There are little nods in this to the other movies. Uh, 
I feel like the bathroom scene is very Rob Zombie-like. And in the way that the kills happen and everything, I felt like it was, if Rob Zombie had orchestrated that scene, it would have been similar to that. It was pretty brutal. It was a pretty brutal scene. And uh, and there's some other little nods along the way that that kind of uh, reminded, that they had uh, the masks. Trick-or-treaters were wearing the masks from Halloween 3. There was something that reminded me of Halloween 4, too, and I don't, I, now I can't remember what it was, but uh, I thought there were little nods to some of the highlight sequels. So, anyway. That. And it ties in with, because uh, Judy Greer plays Paul Stephen Rudd's ex-wife in Ant-Man. Ooh, oh, that's right. She yeah. does. So it, it yeah. always goes back to Paul Stephen Rudd. Oh, that yeah. Paul Stephen Rudd. I tell yeah. you, um, I, I I do. I have one more comment. The everybody refer, even Mark referred to her earlier as the um, Sarah Connors. Sarah Connor. Yeah. Uh, Lori Strode in this one, yeah. and I don't have a problem with that at all because I, I think about it that if I was her, I would probably be living that lifestyle too. And I loved her firing range with all those mannequins back there. It was was so creepy. And I'm glad that it came back when the daughter was running through it. I, you know, I was like, when I saw that the first time, I'm like, Oh, I bet you that's creepy at night. And then we get to see it, which I was thrilled with. So, no, I, I I like this Laurie story. I like both of them. I, I don't I don't feel like, you know, one has to be better than the other. I enjoyed both of them. I I mean I like twenty eight. It was a little over the top. I, I like twenty eighteen more than H two O as a movie. Um but I I don't know. I didn't have a problem with this Laurie Strode. I like the idea. I mean, you could be either and they both make sense. That's the, what it comes down to. The 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 Laurie Strode of H two O that at the beginning is afraid of everything makes sense if you went through that kind of trauma, or the Laurie Strode of of twenty eighteen that never was really able to feel comfortable in life and felt the need to fight all the time that makes sense too to me. So I I like them both. Well, well, well. The doctor in two thousand eighteen did explain that in the in the car with Will Patton. He was like, you know, trauma does different things to different people. So I mean, yeah. they did they did explain that. It, it, I I appreciate that. I just thought that the house was a little bit too, you know, doors closing and trapping yeah. and all that kind of stuff. That I I thought that was just a little bit overboard. Yeah, maybe. actually, when she when she pressed the button in the doorway and behind her the gate went down, I saw that and I thought, "Huh, that's a pretty neat idea." Are you going to do that in your house, Joe? I'm thinking about it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah, I liked all that that room with all the mannequins too. It was really creepy. Too, yeah, that yeah, that room. was. That yeah, was I remember good. in the theater, I was like, "Holy shit, this is this yeah. is pretty freaky" because you can't see who's who. And I loved the opening credits, by the way, which I also, you know, opening credits, a lot of these movies don't have great opening credits. This one had a great one. It was the, it was the, it was the rotting pumpkin, uh, you know, in reverse coming, uh, and, and they did the pumpkin right where there's a line cut through the nose and, uh, just like the original. So I loved it. I I really liked 2018 a lot. And, and good old Danny McBride, man. Yep, Danny yeah. McBride. You could see some Danny McBride dialogue, especially between the cops in the car. Oh, oh, and the little kid. Yeah, and the little kid. The, yeah, clipping and his the, toenails. And, he, and the dad. Yeah, the the kid yeah. being babysat. 
and then and then of course the kid who was talking to his dad in the car about wanting to be a dancer very danny mcbride humor so <laughs> and then of course the cops with it that looks like the a meal of a five-year-old or something it's very danny mcbride so a bomby sandwich a peanut butter jelly bomby bomby sandwich also if you uh you, you may not have noticed this but the boyfriend of Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter in this movie is his last name is Elam. And they mentioned that his dad's name is Lonnie. Lonnie Elam is the kid who sneaks up to the Myers house in the very first movie. And, uh, and, and Dr. Loomis tries to scare him away. away. Yeah. Yeah. It's his Lonnie. And, and he's also the one who tells Tommy Doyle that, there's a boogeyman who's out to get him. Okay, okay, okay. Scratch that one from the trivia. Thank you. Oops, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. So, <laughs> one point for Matt. <laughs> I, I was actually uh, poor, poor James. Uh, it, I, I actually had a, a, a trivia question. Uh, just one trivia question to start off for the next episode for one person to be a point uh, a point ahead. But unfortunately, uh, we can't do it. Sorry about that, Mark. Yeah. All right. Fine. Well, that should bring us to the end because we are really this is the longest episode ever. But I guess you know we it's Halloween. We're not, we, well, it's Halloween, and there were a ton of movies in. The, we didn't do a good job of splitting them in half, but but next time we will be talking about the first four, and there's a lot to say about those. Plus, we will also hopefully have other movies that because we're only watching four movies the next two weeks, so there will be other Shocktober movies for us to talk about. So, and we'll, of course, hopefully have Jimmy with us. So there will be even more to talk about. So I guess that would be it for this time. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Please go to the Ugly Mug Coffee Shop and we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night. Do you sense? Do you sense the? Do, do you sense the fact? Caravan, gotta take a shit. <laughs>